Hey guys, ever heard the phrase, you are the hero of your own story? <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about your story. We're going to talk about how your life is like a story and how to inhabit that story properly. And, you know, really what scripture says about all of that. Because there is a way we can inhabit our own story according to God's design, and there's a way we can inhabit our own story according to the world's design, right? In some of the previous podcast series I've done, I've talked about these two kingdoms, right? Gods and Satans, and how they have these different kinds of messages about what makes good life. And so when it comes to inhabiting our story, we're going to play off of those two things. We're going to try to understand a little bit about how to inhabit our story in the right way. (laughs) Hey guys, this is a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. Hey guys, have you ever heard the phrase hinterland? You know, maybe, but maybe you don't hear it a lot or haven't heard it a lot or have never heard it. I've heard it before, but I heard it recently and I was like, hmm. That's actually German. I knew it was German. I took German for two years in high school, and I actually remember some of it. So I was like, Hinter. That's Deutsch. That's what Deutsch. Ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. (laughs) But I looked it up, and I was like, okay. First, it gave me an English definition. Then I kept looking, and I found the German definition as well. And both of those are going to play into this episode, which is called Hinterland. Do you (laughs) want to know what it means, right? Remember, we're talking about inhabiting our story and how there are different ways and different, you know, different methodologies given out or put out by these two different kingdoms, gods and satans, right? You know, and really, we're going to mostly talk about how to inhabit our story properly. But this word hinterland has to do with God's idea of how we inhabit our story. Um, Sorry. There it is. (laughs) I had the German definition in front of me, and I want to start with the English. Hinterland. The often uncharted areas beyond a coastal district or a river's banks. And then the second definition is an area lying beyond what is visible or known. Right? So it's really the unknown, right? And I think that's so cool about our story. That's the exciting part about our story, right? Like, part of our story is behind us. It's already happened. It's clear. Right, hindsight is twenty twenty. We can look back and see we've inhabited the story. It hasn't always gone the way we wanted. There's been some bright sections, some celebrations. There's been some dark chapters. There's been some disappointments, some disillusionments, right? But, that, but there it is. It's behind us. We can look back and we can say, yes, that's my story. That's what it has been. But there is this, this hinterland in front of us, this area lying beyond what is visible or known. That's the future of our story. And that's where we really focus the most, right? It's like, yeah, we know where we've been. And if you have trauma like I have, right, there's parts of your story that you may inhabit uh, from the past more than you should or that you actually need to inhabit in order to heal from, right? But mostly we want to we wanna know where we're headed, right? We know where we've been, good or bad, you know, whatever therapy we need concerning that, right? We At least we know it's visible, right? We can look back and see it. What we really want to know is where we're going. That's our hinterland. That's the area beyond what is visible, right? And of course, the German definition isn't much more different. Uh, You know, there's some phrases, hinter dem Haus, behind the house. It means behind, 
it means um, behind. <laughs> I thought it meant more than that in the German. Uh, I'm trying, there's a lot of different phrases. Yeah, it just means behind, which is interesting. Like it's a place you can't see, right? It's behind what is seen. Um, to lie behind. It's behind what's visible, what's known, right? At the rear of something, at the rear of the house. Um, okay, that's hinter, and that's hinterland. And that's like that's the place we want to know, or we, we want to try to figure that out, right? Uh, nobody really wants to wander into their future unaware, unprepared. Uh, you know, we all have dreams. That's another way of saying it, right? Nobody's, you know, we all take a different approach towards mapping out our future and a vision for our life. Some people are a little more haphazard, but I mean, everybody generally has hope for their future. They have things that they would like to see happen, whether it's moving up in your career, whether it's having children, whether it's getting married, whether it's getting your first job, graduating from high school, graduating from middle school. Like, my kids are younger, uh, 8, 11, and 12, and they, like, they're so preoccupied with the all of the trappings of growing up. They can't wait. My middle son decided, he, he's just decided in the last six months to the last year that he wants to be an adult. And so he's like, whatever he sees dad do, he wants to do. And so about six months ago, he's like, oh, my dad drinks coffee. I'm going to drink coffee. And so we got him some coffee. He drank it and he did not like it, but he wanted to like it. And he still says he likes it, but he just doesn't drink it. Right. You know, because it's just natural. We're always looking forward, whatever stage of life we're in, to the next stage, right? There's always a hinterland in front of us. We always have some kind of hope and dream for what's coming, whether we're that purposeful in mapping it out and, and expressing it, right? Or not, we all have hope for the future. And, you know, part of this podcast is like, hey, don't let it be vague and don't let it be haphazard in, in how you prepare for it, right? But scripture is really clear about how we can best prepare for that. And it's really cool because, uh, Jeremiah, I don't have the scripture looked up. I have three scriptures because there's three, there's three points. This is like a three-point sermon. I don't do sermons, but hey, you know, it's kind of like that. <laughs> um, there's this cool scripture in, gosh, I, I want to say Jeremiah 2911 could be wrong but it's for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to give you plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future right and he says this to, to Israel specifically through the prophet Jeremiah but I think it's a truth that holds true for all of us I mean this is the heart of God I know the plans I have for you God created us with a purpose with a plan and um, I think in one of the Psalms I think it might be a David Psalm it's like before I was even born you knew me you know when I was being knit together in my mother's womb you knew me and you had a purpose for me right this is this is the truth of God God created us each with a purpose um, but so so like we know God has a purpose for us right um, but it's like a hinterland in some aspects and we're on this journey to discover it right and uh, you know I did, I'm kind of doing these podcasts, it's kind of cool they're flowing together because we did Adventure and then we did New Birth and now we're doing Hinterland and what's coming after is Closer to Home which kind of has to do with this. Like, what is the Hinterland we're trying to get towards? What's this hidden kind of plan God has that's stretching out before us and that we're trying to reach towards and what can we do about it, right? There's three aspects to that, this Hinterland. Remember, Hinter means hidden. 
There's a hidden life, there's a hidden story, and there's a hidden treasure, right? Um, and so the first thing we can say is that it's a hidden life. Even though we're moving towards it and we want to see what's coming and we want to walk into it, step into it, and we want it to become visible, it's hidden from us, but it's meant to be a hidden life. It's meant to be hidden from us, and there's a reason for that. There's a scripture. We'll go to, this first, we'll go to the first scripture. I like this scripture. Uh, it's Colossians chapter 3. It's this really cool verse. I, this is just one of the verses that um, comes back to me over and over. I just love this verse. This is pretty cool. The section is called Put on the New Self. Okay, And the verse that stands out to me is, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Okay, that's the verse. That's verse 3. We're going to back up and we're going to read more of this section. But your life is hidden with Christ in God. Like, we, we have this hinterland that we want to discover. But part of the way we discover it is to realize that we need to be hidden in Christ. Our hidden, the hidden land of our future has something to do with us being hidden in Christ. It's a hidden life. Which is really weird because the world sees it the opposite way. Think about our world. It's not about hidden life. It's about, it's about ex- exposed life. Like TikTok and Facebook and YouTube. And like everybody seems like is turning their life into a YouTube channel or a TikTok channel, right? Or a blog. And it's like everybody's an expert at something. And every, like new li- there's the life hack. And did you know, uh, you know, the, remember the first time you found out? And there's all these different ways people are trying to turn their lives into something that's the opposite of hidden. They're trying to turn their life into a media show and a viral video, right? The world's idea is like almost it doesn't matter who you are. It matters how you're perceived on social media. And, you know, there's the funny phrase like if it, if it, if it wasn't posted on social media, did it really happen? Like that's the idiom of the wrong message about our lives. Like we're trying to live in a way as a, you know, the hero story we're on, it's like we're more concerned about people seeing us as a hero than actually being a hero. But like the truth of God is that our life is meant to be hidden in Christ. That's kind of a weird idea, maybe, especially in this culture. But like the idea is that when people look at us, they don't see us. They see Christ. Like we have this life. There's this new life. And the section is called put on the new self. The way we really get back to who we're truly meant to be is to be hidden in Christ, which means we're no longer trying to draw people to ourselves. But there's a real beauty in that because guess what? You don't have to try to do anything or be anything. Like, on the one hand, like, we would love to be affirmed for the good things in us, and that's not bad, and that's not what this is talking about. But on the other hand, there's a pressure to perform, and like, am I good enough? And my job at work as a mom, as a dad, as a husband, as a wife, as a son, as a daughter, am I good enough? And God's offer is like, hey, wouldn't it be great if when people looked at you, they saw Christ and his goodness and your life was hidden in Christ? Like the world is like, put yourself on a show, put yourself on a pedal, curate your life for everybody to be to be to see. And then to everybody to think, wow, their life's really great. Like that's the world's view. But God's view is like, forget yourself, take up your cross, deny yourself, follow Jesus, be hidden in Christ. And then when people look at you, they see Christ and they're like, whoa, they see something super attractive in you, but it's not you. 
<laughs> Let's start back with verse 1, Colossians 3. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, you will also be revealed with him in glory. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Like, you've been raised with Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, like if you've been baptized, resurrected, and, and, and started walking this path towards new life, towards God, right? It's not like it's an instantaneous. But like, if you've gone through this process of salvation, or, yeah, and you're on the process of sanctification, right? Keep going. Keep seeking the things that are above. What's above? The kingdom of God. It's, it's, it's not saying God is literally in the clouds or something, but he's saying there is this higher life. There is this higher standard. There is this holiness that it stretches out above you. It's this high height that you are meant to be journeying towards, achieving, like striving for. It's where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Like the right hand was power. The right hand is glory. The right hand is like perfect. And we're moving towards that. How? Not through our own efforts. And that's like, man, that's the beauty of the gospel is you couldn't do it. You can't and you still can't. But man, Christ comes and gives it to you because like the idea that you're hidden in Christ is that everything of Christ now belongs to you. And maybe we don't think that's so great because we don't understand Christ as the Eucharist, the power and the strength and the energy, even in our physical bodies and our emotional selves and our mental selves like there's so much richness in Christ for us that's just imparted to us as Christians it's like just here here it is have it take it it's yours what do I got to do to get it nothing <laughs> you're hidden in Christ you have all these things when you learn how to be hidden in Christ but guess what when you're trying to shine and and draw people to, to yourself and be like I'm so great and do what well, then it's like well if you're you can't do that with Christ because it's like either Christ does it or you do it. And if you're trying to do it, you're kind of denying the things that Christ has for you because you're like, no, I want the glory, so I need to do the work because if I, do, if I don't do the work, how can I take the credit, right? So that's the, that's, these are the tensions. Like our hinter, the hinterland out in front of us that God truly has is when we're hidden in Christ because all the good things of God come to us through that. But there's this oppositional mentality of, no, you're the hero of your own story, like, you should be on camera. There should be a movie made about your life. And, and Johnny Depp or Jennifer Aniston should play you. Because, like, that's, you should be the star. Everybody should be eyes on you. That's not God's message. God's message is, there's so many good things for you, but you have to be hidden in Christ to get them. <laughs> that's cool. Let's continue on. Um, Verse 8, but now you also rid yourselves of all of them, what's them, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene speech from your mouth. Do not lie uh, since you've stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it. Like, I mean, didn't, wouldn't we all love to be less angry, less full of malice and slander and bad speech and like less lying? And he's like, hey, the, the way this happens, just the way the old self gets stripped off is when we're hidden in Christ. That's what he says. Putting on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it, which is Jesus. Jesus, all things heaven in heaven and on earth were made through Jesus. He's the image of the one who created it, it being us. We get to be renewed to who we're truly meant to be in Christ. 
but we have to stop trying to be something apart from Christ to get there. It's a hidden life. God calls us to a hidden life. It means I got to go forget the ego, forget the curated social media self and forget everybody, forget the 100 million likes and going viral and forget me at the center and forget self-centeredness and let's start taking up our cross. Let's start denying ourselves. Let's start trying to be hidden in Christ because hidden life is really what makes us happy. It's what brings us joy. When you're no longer focused on, does everybody like me? And does, well, I didn't get as many likes as I wanted for that post. And man, I got some real bad pushback and it made me feel bad. Um, there's a couple of different actresses lately that I've just seen a couple of different memes about how somebody came out and critiqued their body weight or their body image and it just wrecked them. And like, and it, like, I think one particular act, actress, I can't remember her name. She was in Kick-Ass, one and two. Anyway, they made this meme about her and she's just like a teen. And she's still talking about it like 10 years later about how much it hurt her, right? Well, of course, that's hurtful, right? But that's what happens when we're so focused on do people like me or not? And do people see me? And do people see me the way I want them to see me because I'm amazing? And yeah, we're all amazing, but like, that, see how that gets turned around when you're trying to be amazing and you're not being hidden in Christ? And then it, what does it do? It can feel good sometimes, but man, it's hard to get the whole world to like you. And then there's social media, which is like putting you out in front of the whole world practically, literally sometimes. And then it's like, man, I, I, I see a lot of people who are celebrities talk about how they just don't go there. They don't listen to the critics or like never listen to your biggest fans or your worst critics, right? That's the phrase. But like, it's a roller coaster and it's not true. What? But God, through Jesus, has a solution hidden in Christ. You get all the advantages of Christ and you get protected from all the disadvantages that come if you're not. <laughs> Isn't that cool? The first aspect to this hinterland, this hidden story that lays out before us, or this hidden journey, is hidden life. The second aspect is hidden treasure. Ah, by the way, I have a, I've had a chest cold. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, hidden, hidden treasure. Yes, I said that backwards, but it's hidden life, hidden treasure, hidden story. There's a treasure in us. I think that's the right order. Let me see. <laughs> uh, yeah, hidden treasure. That's it. It's in Matthew 13. This is a cool parable. Like, the cool thing about our story is it's full of hidden treasures, right? I mean, God created each of us with just an immense amount of potential, but also these abilities and skills and this beautiful, precious purpose and mission, right? Like, we are so full of hidden treasure. The cool thing is it's not hidden to God, Right? When we're hidden in Christ, God doesn't like forget us. It's not about God putting us down. It's God revealing who we truly are in connection to Him. And like, it may be hidden to everybody else, but it's not to God. And it's hidden to us until we start to be hidden in Christ. And then it's revealed through God to us. And then God begins to reveal these hidden treasures in us, which start to build and grow. And we're like this treasure chest. There's a parable or two about that in Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 45. Or Sorry, 44. This is actually called um, Hidden Treasure, this parable. There's, these are three parables. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it, he went and sold everything that he had and bought the field. So it's like, hey, the kingdom of heaven, right? Kingdom of God. This is like, we talked about, remember, kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. Like, the kingdom of heaven is this place we can inhabit, we can live out of. It's a space, it's internal, flows from the internal to the external. But there is this place we can dwell with God in. It's like this hidden treasure. We can find it, and then we got, like, it's so good, though, you want to give everything to get it, right? So, same idea is, like, hidden treasure comes when we stop trying to get the obvious treasures of the world, which seem good but aren't, but it's also hidden in us to discover, and as we're hidden in Christ. Hidden treasure, hidden life. Second parable is a costly pearl. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls, and upon finding one pearl of great value he went and sold everything that he had and bought it like the idea in both of these is like man there's nothing else near as valuable as life with god it is such a treasure it's so beautiful it's what you were made for man it's amazing but it's not something we can at least at first and mostly it's not something we can really put on display you know it's kind of cool but in the end, when it boils down, like the real beauty of life is you and God living life together. There's such a joy there when you begin to really feel God's spirit and his heart for you and his pleasure and his, his just how, how much he loves you. Like you and God alone can find all the joy you need together for you to really feel like you're a treasure and like your life is a treasure. There is such a beautiful storehouse inside you when you inhabit your life with God inside you through the Holy Spirit. Man, it's like there's nothing else because God sees you and he draws out of you these things that are already in you and he turns you into something more and more and more beautiful and valuable. And all you really need is for God to say, I love you. You're so amazing. And then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And isn't that a beautiful place to be grounded and founded in a place where you know who God says you are, you know who you are in God and you know how amazing it is and Day to day, whatever anybody else thinks, that's your foundation and it's never shakable because God never changes his mind about you and, the, and he makes you better and better in the process. So you're even becoming more and more beautiful. Last parable, a dragnet is what it's called, but it has this little, I won't read the whole parable. It's just, um, it's about this the kingdom of heaven being like a fisherman's net that he drags and gets up every kind of fish. And it's talking about that parable right there. It's talking about God gathering everybody at the end and actually kind of judging the treasure that they are, which is cool. But it ends with this. That parable ends in verse 52 with this statement. Jesus said, Every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a head of a household who brings out of his treasure new things and old. Jesus is saying the person who's really living and leaning into this kingdom of heaven thing, they're like, they're like someone in charge of an estate and they have this storehouse and out of the storehouse they can bring both treasures, both new and old. This translation says like a head of a household who brings out of his treasure, but some translations say out of his storehouse. Same kind of idea. But there, you have the storehouse in you when your life is hidden in God. 
and God is bringing out these treasures. It's in, there's this huge storehouse and it begins to grow and grow of these beautiful treasures in you. And new and old is just like, hey, there's all these beautiful things that God's already done, right? That's the, story, that's the chapters of our life that have passed, of our story. But then there's new things and they all come together and they all start to form this beautiful person. Right? Hidden life, hidden treasure, and then hidden story. As we walk with God, as, we, as our life begins to be hidden in Christ, as God begins to draw out of us these hidden treasures and grow in us these hidden treasures, which is life with Him, a cool thing happens. A hidden story starts to unfold. You start to see a pattern. You start to see a trajectory. You start to look back and say, wow, I see a pattern. I see, I see that there is a, a plot line here. I see that there is a main theme and there are subcategories and subthemes and I see that I am the hero of the story but it's not like I thought and nobody else may see it. There's this hidden story that begins to develop. And cool because Paul in his third letter to Corinth talks about this in chapter 3. Uh, he makes this kind of allegorical, metaphoric comparison. He's talking about, he's talking to the church at Corinth and he says this, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need as some letters of commendation to you or from you? No. You are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all people, revealing yourselves that you are a letter of Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. <laughs> well, Paul's using this ancient, for him it was a contemporary idea, like, if you remember when Paul was Saul and he went to Damascus, he had letters of recommendation from the Jewish authorities to the Jewish authorities in Damascus from the Jewish authorities in Jerusalem to say, hey, we vouch for this guy. He had a letter of commendation saying who he was and that he was approved by these, by these important people, right? And Paul's like, we don't need that. We don't need letters from people. We don't need, to, you, we don't need you to commend us or us to commend you. We're all this letter written by the Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Like, you're a beautiful letter. You're what a letter, a story. You are a story. You are God's story being written out in your heart by God through the Spirit. You are a story unfolding. Like, God has created you to inhabit a story. There was a hinterland that lays out before you. It's really clear. It's mapped out. That's why Jesus refers to this kind of thing as a narrow gate and a narrow path. And sometimes we, like, we can read that verse or it's been translated or interpreted to be like, oh, it's really, it's a fine line. It's like a razor's edge when you're trying to find. No, that's not it. What it means is a narrow path is a path for one person. Uh, in Hebrews, it says that Jesus, the archagos, the author and perfecter of our faith, trailblazer, he goes before us and maps out this trail for our lives. God has set forth a purpose for us. It's very narrow. It's very specific. It's, it like, it's already planned out. It's not general and vague and like, I didn't really matter to God if you go left or right, if you marry this person or that. You know, it's like, the thing is though, it's hidden in us, but as we're hidden in Christ, the hidden treasures already put in us by God before we were born start to turn into a hidden story. <laughs> 
that starts to become not so hidden to us. We start to live it out. And the cool thing then is all those hidden things that we are becoming in God as we are hidden in God start to become visible, not just to us or between us and God, but to others. And we begin to be these living stories, these living legacies, these living chapters and verses and this these living stories of hope and promise to other people. And man, don't you just love the stories of the saints or even just stories of people that did amazing things, entrepreneurs and pioneers and like adventurers who just, it's like they just felt like they had to do something in their life and they did it and it was tough and it was hard, but it worked out. And you can look back at their life, at the story of their life and you can say, wow, man, how did they do that? Well, they knew they had a purpose, they had a drive and they went after it. And that's never more true than when we find our life hidden in Christ. There's a story mapped out for you. It's an adventure. It's a lot of new births that's going to happen. You've got to become a new person. You've got to be hidden in Christ. You've got to put a lot of things to death. There's a lot of struggle. Adventure is full of risk and struggle. But as it starts to unfold, it becomes a beautiful story. And that's the point. That's what God created you for. And we all, I think, deep down, know it. We all have a hinterland that lies in front of us. And I think no matter who you are, you can't help but hope for better things, for better days, for brighter future, for better things. Sometimes we translate that into the world's idea, which is get more stuff, get more money, get more popularity, more influence, more influence, more power, more control. But man, those things don't satisfy because that's not your story. Your story isn't get as much as you can before you die and that'll make you happy. We know that's not true, even though it's hard for us to find a different path. But there is a different path. There's a hidden life, there's a hidden treasure, and there's a hidden story that is us, made just for us, in God, but we have to be hidden in God to find it, hidden in Christ. And the Holy Spirit then will begin to write that story out upon our hearts, and then we'll begin to live it out, and then people will start to see that story, and in the end, it won't be so hidden. You know, uh, Hebrews, I think it's 11, it says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That's Paul again going like, hey, there's this marked out path, journey, story, and like, look at all the people before you, look at their stories. Like, that's what it's about. God has a story for you. Look at all the stories of those around you. The fathers and mothers of faith, the great men and women, the church fathers, the desert fathers, you know, the saints. <laughs> Every, like so many people, right? We can see, man, they lived their story. And man, they lived it well. And yeah, they struggled. But man, wouldn't we love to have that kind of story? We can. We do. And it's never too late to pick it up. Right? But the process is, first we've got to be hidden in Christ. That's hidden life. Next, we've got to let God reveal the hidden treasures inside us through the Holy Spirit's indwelling work of transformation so that we can become a new person. And third, the story itself will start to reveal itself. It'll start to unfold. It'll become more and more clear. The more clear it becomes, the more we can walk it with intentionality. And the bigger it grows. It's really good. <laughs> that's what it means to really step into the hinterland that God has stretched out before you in your life, for your life, for the rest of your life. <laughs> All right.
Hey guys, hope you don't mind the sore throat. I probably sound a little different. Maybe not. But man, I hope that encourages you. You know, this is the last podcast of this year for me. I'm wrapping up year three, excited for year four. Um, I hope that just encourages you. I've been reflecting on a lot of things about my story, you know, about what has been and what is coming. And I'm excited about what God is doing for me, in me, and through me. But man, I want to pass that along. I want you guys to know God has great things for you. He has a, you know, the cool thing is, you've heard the phrase, history is his story. Like your story is a part of a bigger story, a more grand eternal story that God has been writing out since the creation of the world. And your story is a chapter in a larger story too. And like as you step into your little small individual story, which is still really significant it's a part of a bigger story too and you become part of a bigger movement, bigger purpose, which is God's purpose, which is God's kingdom coming. You become a part of a kingdom story and that's really cool too. And that just lifts you up and up more and more into a greater and greater life. That is a treasure. Don't be afraid to let your life be hidden in God. You'll find that it shines even more the more hidden it is. <laughs> That's really cool. Hey, love you guys. This has been a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori. I really appreciate you guys listening. One year is behind us. This year is behind us. A new year is coming with new things. Hinterland is ahead. All right, love you guys. Bye.